Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Toyota of Brookhaven has been voted best new car dealership in Southwest Mississippi four years in a row. Come see the difference. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at toyotabrookhaven.com. Great service, great savings. At Toyota of Brookhaven, we deliver. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. Now, don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. You can always find us, too, on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch good things. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to Super Talk TV. You'll see I'm not alone in the studio today. That always makes me excited. It also makes me excited about the topic we get to talk about today because it's a good thing that it a lot of families. Joining me is Miss Ileana Glass. She is the manager of the Mississippi Breastfeeding Coalition, along with one of her board members, Miss Amy Winters, who's a fellow dietitian. And they both work also with the Mississippi Public Health Institute. So welcome, ladies. Well, thank you. Thank you, Rebecca. Well, it's good to have you here as a mother of two beautiful daughters who I was, by the grace of God and a lot of support and all the things, able to breastfeed as long as I chose to do for both of them. I know that looks different forever for everyone. Um, I'm excited to just keep raising awareness and have these conversations and to see that there's a coalition out there to help uh, mamas and their families. So, Ileana, we'll start with you as um, the manager of the Mississippi Breastfeeding Coalition. Kind of what's the mission behind? the coalition okay well Rebecca first of all I would like to thank you for the invitation we are so glad to be here Uh, and yes the Mississippi Breastfeeding Coalition has a mission and we want to establish breastfeeding as the cultural norm in Mississippi which I think we have come a long way and, but there's still some work that can uh, definitely be done. Um, so, Amy, what drew you in terms of with your profession as a dietitian to getting involved with the coalition? Well, I always like to advocate for women's health and want to make sure that women have the information that they need to reach their health goals. And just like you said, women, breastfeeding looks different for different women. And we just want to be here to support them in whatever those goals might be. So as the coalition, Ileana, is it, who is it made up of? Is it the private sector? Is it healthcare sector? Is it individual parents and families? Who all is coming to this table? Okay, well, I have to say that it's a little bit of everything that you just mentioned. Good. Yes, um, because, yes, it did started with a group of lactation professionals that saw the need to improve and promote breastfeeding in the state. But nowadays, the coalition members are, some of them are weak peer counselors, some of them are just regular moms. We have doulas, we have professionals, people that work in the state agencies or people that have in, independent clinics. So we have a little bit of everything. And is there, I know there's a mission to sort of help all, but are there certain areas that you guys are heavily working in, whether it's public policy or whether it's, um, you know, policy within like the healthcare setting, kind of where when you're, when you're meeting, what are y'all are trying to establish? 
I will say that our mission is definitely get to the community at different levels. So one of the things that the coalition has done in the past, thanks to the Mississippi Public Health Institute that we are right now under their umbrella, um, we were able to help uh, weak peer counselors to become IBCLCs, and IBCLC stands for International Board um, Certified Lactation Counselor. So having IBCLCs, lactation professionals, or certified lactation professionals in the week clinics that is basically accessing the community in a different level and giving them the support that they need right at the moment. They don't need to specifically go and see a doctor for certain problems that they could be facing during their breastfeeding journey. They can could just be addressed at a week clinic in this case, for example. Amy, remind us the benefits. I know there's a laundry list of why this is so important for us, you know, um, to encourage and support women and their families to maybe at least uh, think about breastfeeding, attempt breastfeeding, continue breastfeeding, you know, whatever their journey looks like, but at least bring it into the conversation when they're, you know, when they're expecting. Yeah, sure. So breastfeeding, you know, breast milk is a is a living substance and it has things in it that can fight infection, fight viruses, etc. And we know through the data that it can prevent lots of things like obesity, asthma, diabetes, respiratory disease. It lowers the likelihood of ear infections, sudden infant death syndrome, syndrome or SIDS different stomach problems, uh, necrotizing enterocolitis, which is something you see a lot with preemies. So we know that. And then in addition to that, it also is helpful for mom, and it reduces a mother's risk of ovarian and breast cancer, which is really important, and also type 2 diabetes and hypertension for women. So it's got benefits for mom and baby. And every feeding is a magical feeding. So even if it's just one or while you're in the hospital and then it doesn't translate to home or whether it's just through, you know, while you're on maternity leave or if it's just, you know, for the first, it doesn't matter. It should, should just be whatever the mom can sort of accomplish or chooses out. No, no breastfed uh, moment is, is um, underrated or, right. or overlooked in sort of that matter. All of them mm-hmm. sort of matter. And it matters to have the support in this conversation. Eliana, I know that there's been great work here in Mississippi, at least over the last few years. Um, for certain policies to at least give moms more access to rooms to not have to either breastfeed if they wherever they feel comfortable or give them particular rooms. Where what should moms know right now about their rights in terms of feeding their babies at least in public? Yeah, well, thank you for talking about that because that is very important. Breastfeeding shouldn't be just for inside the home, inside your bedroom. Breastfeeding should be everywhere. And yes, in Mississippi, the law has been established since many years ago that it is the right for a mom to breastfeed in public is not illegal, is um, is perfectly normal, and that's how we want to see it. And not only that, but also the right to breast, to breast pump or express your milk at work, which is one of the fears that many, many women face whenever they're even thinking about breastfeeding because they, they don't know how they're going to face that at work. So there are laws that actually protect them for that as well. 
So them giving having at least room and time to be able to take care of their needs when they uh, definitely return back to work, which if the employer understands the benefits it will provide for the baby and the mom long term, they realize that's an investment in the health of their employee. And so it should it just makes good sense sort of all around. If someone's listening and wants to get involved in the coalition, is there room for more, Ileana? Definitely. There is always room for more. I invite everybody to visit our website, msbfc.org. Uh, we have plenty of information in there. And actually, if you want to join the coalition, we have different types of memberships. So individuals, they can join. Uh, if the um, membership is $30 for an individual, is for nonprofit organizations is $60. And then for a business is $120. And we definitely would like to have many people on the table because the more that we can hear, mostly from moms, the better we can advocate for them. We w- we don't want to just be a bunch of lactation professionals just talking about the subject if we don't hear from the moms themselves. And for women, Amy, the, from the moment they find out they're pregnant, I mean, everything goes crazy and you're thinking about all the diff- if ands, and buts. And I do think we are doing a better conversation, at least having the conversation with moms um, about uh, creating a journey or a pathway forward for breastfeeding. But if you've got a lot of questions, because if, if you weren't shown it with your mother or maybe you didn't have close friends who did it, it can be a really scary and daunting um, task. And sometimes I feel like folks just shoot it down for the sheer fake of uh, sheer sake of just not not knowing what to expect, where's a good place to go to start gaining that information, maybe even prior to birth? Well, certainly your health care provider would be a great place to start. And in addition to that, as Ileana mentioned on our website, there are a lot of resources at msbfc.org. And one of those, you know, when we were talking about women returning to work, sometimes that can be a scary conversation, but there are actually conversations on the website that women can use to start that conversation with their um, workplace prior to leaving to have the baby so that they don't have to have anxiety about that and they can sort of set the stage for their return to work and making sure there is a place to, to pump their milk and store their milk. And if they want help facilitating those conversations, is that something the coalition can at least help them with we absolutely can help and um Ileana, would you like to tell them about the milk leaks yes definitely um something else that the coalition has done we we saw the need of establishing some breastfeeding support groups around the state Unfortunately, after COVID and after we started seeing each other, many of these groups that were meeting before, they kind of dispersed and everybody just went to homes and just many things started just happening virtual. But now this, and there is nothing like you talking to another mother that is going through the same stage that you're going and another pregnant woman that is probably considered to breastfeed but is afraid of. So we established uh, what we call the Mississippi Mill Leaks. Um, which is stands milk stands for the making an impact in the lactation community. So these groups we have them all around the state. Right now we have eight Mississippi milk leagues in the state. And Where can moms find those, Ileana? On our website again, msbfc.org. There is a tab on top on the top bar that says Mississippi milk leagues, and people can find their information. We have flyers with uh, the meetings because some of those are virtual, some of those are in person. And we have them in all around the states, like I said, from Greenville to the coast. Well, I appreciate y'all's time and what y'all are doing on behalf of moms. So thank you so much. Stick with us. we got more for you coming up next.
making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Supertalk app. You can also find us, too, on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. You can watch good things. We are on your computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to Supertalk TV. There's still time to get tickets to the biggest name in entertainment right now. That's Miss Taylor Swift. Margaritaville Resort and Paradise Pier Fun Park in Biloxi, along with Supertalk Mississippi, is presenting you Taylor Swift in a cash gift. You get a pair of tickets to see Taylor Swift's tour at the Superdome in New Orleans coming up Saturday, October 26th, plus $1,000. So just enter your name and contact information at one of our registration boxes and at select locations across the state. If you want to know where there's at, go to supertalk.fm slash Taylor Swift to find the full list of registration and location information near you. While you're over at supertalk.fm, if you hit the lifestyle button, you get all the good things that our Supertalk team talks about. And I saw one where it was over, I guess, this past week with the new American Idol. We had an old American Idol favorite, Colin Strau. He's from Mississippi. But he returned to the hit show on Sunday. But this time he wasn't singing, Will. He was getting himself a haircut. So if you notice or if you follow his journey over time, he's always had kind of like a shaggy little hair. And it feels like maybe, just maybe, he just been busy writing songs, singing, performing, that going to get an actual haircut hadn't been on his to-do list. So they worked it in um, to the episode there on Sunday, and he got a haircut on um, on TV. So if you want to see the clip or you want to read more about it, um, then you can head on over to supertalk.fm. They've got a good article there about that. Did you ever have a unfortunate hairstyle? Did you ever go through like an unfortunate losing hair? Probably (laughs) when you had hair, did you ever go through like, yeah, I had somebody accidentally buzz my hair and there was like a big gap. Was it? it? Yeah. So I guess boys didn't have like named haircuts, kind of like, you know, girls would go through sort of the different phases. Um, I went through the very unfortunate phase of getting a perm back in the 80s. <laughs> but mine wasn't for the curl. That was back when they did, you know, your parents were just doing the best they could. Your mom, your dad wasn't doing it too. Your mom was doing the best she could to give the baby girl just a little bit of, of, of height to her hair because I had really flat, straight hair. And so you would blow dry it out. But then if it got wet or anything, it was just like those ringlet kind of like <laughs> curls. I'm sure the the chemicals are just great for our health <laughs> over the years. And then I went through the phase, the Jennifer Aniston from Friends, yeah. that sort of like phase that kind of hit more towards um, the, um, I guess, my senior year. That would have been early 2000s. And it's crazy to think that, like, you really do bring in these pictures when you're younger, at least, and you're like, I want to look like that so god bless hairdressers who get this still to this day i don't do that anymore but come in and say like you know and you see the return of the mullet which not for ladies which that's i guess if it is that's your prerogative but more for like younger guys to sort of come back so you never had a mullet like you never never had a mullet Uh, i think i had when i was really young i don't know six or seven i had the rat tail 
I was going to say, okay, so you bought into at least one. I had that one. I do remember that one. But other other than that, I did have, I, I had the butt cut. Uh-huh. You know, where you have it parted in the middle and it was kind of What longer. about the bowl cut? I never had the bowl cut. Which I don't know if that's what you actually call it or not, but I do know it looks very much like that. Put a bowl in your Put head, head yeah. and just sort of cut it around. Did you ever do, because back when the Jennifer Aniston was big in the early 2000s, it was the little bit of spike with the gel for the boys? I never did that, but I have a lot of friends that have frosted tips in their uh, annual picture book. I forgot about the frosted tips. Frosted tips, and they'd have that puka chain, and <laughs> they all kind of look the same. And you just look back at your yearbooks, or you look back at some of those uh, family portraits, and you think, man, what was I sort of thinking? You know, hairstyles, other than the mullet, I feel like for the girls, they've kind of leveled out they just you know they went a little wild in the 70s 80s 90s early 2000s that they kind of have leveled out at least there was like the phase where all the girls wanted the uh, feathers in their hair and then now it's just the real expensive ombre kind of um dyeing of the hair of the different colors and stuff which that's the least of my concern for a kid because that will wash you know that kind of like washes out and does or whatever but it's just interesting with haircuts what people get so fixated on or what's sort of like that that style that that uh, signifies like a generation or at least um, at least a decade. Do you have any of those friends that that just stuck with it to this day that still have the? There are some dudes that will remain nameless who don't have the frosted tips, but they still spend more yeah. <laughs> more money on their hair gel than their wives do for that like perfect little little flip or tip at the front. Um, Bubba from Meridian said, my stylist had an accident and he sent a picture of a little gap in his hair. God bless you, Bubba. But that will grow back. I, that's what I had, Bubba. It was, it was very similar. Very similar. So my best girlfriend from uh, school, we, we have been thick as thieves since the second grade and we couldn't be more opposite, but yet we're, we're together forever. And, but, and I still make fun of her and I bring up the picture every possible time I can. She has thick, coarse, naturally just curly hair. And we're talking about back in the like mid nineties when, and still parents try to save every dollar they can. So they're going to cut your hair versus taking you in to do it, especially when you're little and you just need a trim. And bangs were the thing back in the day. And so her mama got her out of the shower. <laughs> And if you can imagine, if you've got curly hair, you're already cringing. And she combed it out and then pulled it down to about eye level and then cut it without even thinking that <laughs> when it dried, it dried up <laughs> <laughs> like the worst little curly. It looked like she had a third eyebrow on the top of her head, like the little curly things, just whatever. God bless her. The fact that she ha- she was only in the maybe fifth fifth grade not quite into middle school and there was no such thing as like social media but she did have three elder brothers who gave her hell for it and until it sort of grew out and we're what 30 years removed from it and it still cracks me up every time i think about it so even like you get there's a there's bad haircut styles where everybody was doing it so you still felt confident in it but then there are just bad haircuts <laughs> where <laughs> yeah. it just went wrong and you had to just wade wade the waters of letting it grow out and i think i've bypassed it 
cross my fingers, knock on something hard with the youngest of cutting her hair. But my oldest did the whole like getting her hair. But and thank goodness it was just the bottom. It was kind of like she wanted to see it and see it actually cut versus you see some of those traumatic um, videos of parents who walk in and, you know, it looks looks like Edward Scissorhands had gotten after um, after their child. And then you go, you know, your initial is to panic. And I would. But like it grows back. And then it's like, you know, lifetime of, of funny memories. You never did like you never tried to buzz cut your own hair or. Not until I got old. I did shave my head. Like, when I first started working here, I I would shave it once a week. Oh, you know what I just remembered? It was terrible. Oh, ladies of the late 90s, early 2000s. Do y'all remember Sun In? Like, us fools would actually take, like, lemon juice. Like, you would buy it. And it was Sun In. And so you would spray your hair with this, like, awful thing. Or you would take lemon juice and pull pieces of your hair out and rub it in there. And then lay out and bake in the sun, probably with your, you know, Crisco oil or whatever else on you, and it would bleach your hair <laughs> in those in those strips to give you sort of like that like lighter look, and you would think you looked great. We did not, ladies. We did not. Nothing about that was good for your hair. Probably good for the environment or good for anything um, in between. But I guess now you got the the kids who take the Kool Aid. They dye their tips in in oh in the Kool Aid. I can't believe you didn't go through any of these phases, Will. I know, I would guarantee you Carrie did. I went to school with a guy we called Chili Bowl. Looks like his mom put a chili bowl on his hair. (laughs) (laughs) And cut his hair. You know? And then there's some that, you like you mentioned, there are ladies, and gosh, God forgive me for this, but they still have the the 80s feathered back bangs. You perfected it, so you will not give it up. You, you know, some that people and- hit that that point in their life where they were super cool, and they just decide my clothes are, are going to stay the same, mm-hmm. my hairstyle is going to stay stay the same. I'm not advancing, I'm not changing, Mm-mm. not doing I feel, anything. Feel good the sticking way sticking with it, right sticking here. Sticking with it, but I can I can even still do it. You pull your hair down, and you take the brush, and you blow dry it backwards, and then you take the teaser and you tease it down, and you get that perfect like poof with your bangs, and then you <laughs> spray it down with some cement. And then the sides are straight, so you've got that like. <laughs> Somebody had to perfect this. Somebody sat there Somebody and wrote down the steps very, of how to do all this. Very, very proud of it. My mom taught me. <laughs> <laughs> she at least has moved on from from that hair. So we're moving on to this to something good coming up next. <laughs> Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi.
That's a good thing. Streaming live over at supertalk.fm. Streaming from the Supertalk Mississippi app anytime, anywhere. Always on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station and always on Supertalk TV on your computer or your mobile device. And we're always excited to have Martha Allen on. She's with Extra Table, up to some really good things across the state. And it's just in time for March of the Mayors this year. Another another trip around the sun, Martha, means another time for, <laughs> for something, for another good event. How many years does this make for March of the Mayors? Is this number three? This is this is number three for the Jackson Metro, and it started on the Gulf Coast. So four for the coast, and three for the Metro. So, and it's We're the same excited. premise. So, tell us about March of the Mayors. That's right. If you are not familiar with March of the Mayors, we do not have mayors lined up marching. This is all about feeding those in our community. So each mayor for four weeks champions a different healthy shelf-stable item. So the city of Jackson collects peanut butter this year. So if you live in the city of Jackson and you want to support Extra Table and your mayor and the community coming together to feed those hungry throughout the metro, then follow along, check out our social, and be sure you donate an item for this cause before Friday. The cities participating are Byram, Canton, Gluckstadt, Jackson, Madison, Pearl, Raymond, and Ridgeland. So let's talk about the rest of the state, too, because you got all 82 counties listening to Good Things, Martha. If they're on the coast or somewhere else, do they have mayors that are marching for uh, things other than peanut butter? Absolutely. We have 51 mayors participating this year. Wow, it's grown. It has grown, hasn't it? It's because everybody on Good Things is listening and participating. I'll take all the credit. Take it all, Rebecca. So we will um, start in um, the Delta. We've got six mayors in the North Mississippi area. So around Tupelo, Oxford, Starkville, got both college towns participating. Um, we will have, I think, eight mayors in the Jackson Metro. We've got nine. And in Hattiesburg, about 15. And on the coast, about 15. So we have so much energy and excitement from all the mayors all across and the city representatives. It's just really fun. And it, I love this event. It's really special. March of the Mayors is so special because there's not a ticket. There's not a VIP table. Like, you can go grab a can of peanut butter or a can of tuna or whatever your mayor's collecting and drop it off at a drop site and pat yourself on the back. Or you can join us for a packing party. So every day next week, Monday through Friday, we'll be in a different region of the state hosting a packing party. And those start every morning at 9 and end about 11.30 or 12. So we'll do that Cleveland, Tupelo, Jackson, Hattiesburg, and the coast. And for all the detailed information, go to extratable.org or our social media pages. And Martha, once those packages get packed, who are we serving with extra, with the March of the, um, results of March of the Mayors? And I know you do it very, um, I guess, uh, intentionally, and I like that you just have one item for each place that makes it very easy, and then it all comes together and it creates a balanced package, which I think is really fun. Um, so who gets those? Where are they going? So we work with 62 food pantries and soup kitchens across the state every month. And so we, the area in which the mayors are participating, those pantries will benefit directly. So the food at the end of that assembly line where the box is packed, the top is closed, and our food pantries are all there picking up the food. We, if there are 10 mayors that participate and we pack 2,000 boxes and each city gets, each food pantry gets 200 boxes. So it's extremely fair. What is donated in that region stays in that region. And it's about neighbors feeding neighbors. And this is just a fun way for people to interact and, you know, meet someone they might not have met before as they pack boxes and we serve to ensure that food goes to all our hungry neighbors across the state. 
How many years has Extra Table been um, trucking along, Martha? Extra Table has been chugging along for 15 years. That's crazy. And for those of you listening that might not know what Extra Table is, we were founded by Chef Robert St. John in Hattiesburg in 2009. And we are not a food pantry. We're not a canned food drive. We fundraise in order to purchase new, healthy, and shelf-stable food that we deliver monthly for free to 62 food pantries across the state. So it's, um, we work really hard to get the best pricing on food and deliver the food direct to our pantry partner's doorsteps. And so March of the Mayors is an opportunity for people to really get involved and to volunteer with and for Extra Table and to serve the, the food pantries right there in their community. And it'll, it, it's not a food drive, but it's an educated food drive, we like to say. So it's really fun to pull everybody out together and make a difference. We'll pack two to 3,000 boxes each day in each region of the state. I remember being at Southern Miss when Robert St. John and his first executive director, forgive me for not remembering his lovely name, wonderful young man, um, had this idea and was coming around to tell um, particularly the dietetic interns and some others about this new concept of sort of helping to bridge that gap between those that needed healthy foods and then their ability to get it. And it seemed like such like this daunting task or like how will that ever work not going, you know, uh, the traditional route of how we normally do in terms of food pantries or, or soup kitchens. And it's crazy to see a, you know, a decade and a half later, like we got it, you know, the, it, like the formula works and it's, you know, it really helps and you're able to move a lot of food in a very um, sufficient uh, way with looking at it this way, uh, Martha. Yeah, it allows us, you know, our two premises are that all the money that's raised for food go to food and then it's healthy food. And at Extra Table, we believe that our food offers dignity and respect and hope for a better tomorrow. It's quality ingredients that you and I have on our shelves. And so we're fighting hunger and obesity hand in hand. So if we maybe we don't have time to pick up our peanut butter or maybe we don't necessarily have or, or have a mayor um, that's participating, you should tell them about it next year. So it'll be, it'll be even bigger. Um, but what are some um, reasonable ways or fun ways that people can get involved in Extra Table throughout the year? I know you guys, summer's busy, moving into the fall. What can people do in terms of uh, support as well as get out and volunteer? Yeah, on our website and on our social media pages, there's a link to sign up to volunteer, and therefore you'll be emailed when there's volunteer opportunities in your region of the state. Um, and then you can always support us financially. For every dollar you donate to Extra Table, right at five meals. So $1 equals five meals. I guarantee you can't get that at the grocery store. So we, we love being able to provide, you know, to stretch your dollar to be the most efficient and effective answer to fighting hunger. And, you know, share a social media post. That helps. Help tell the story of Extra Table and how many people that we're feeding. We're always looking for volunteers. Always looking for volunteers. And that's one thing when it comes to bridging that gap, it's 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 always needed. So the work is never done, and there's always room to grow and move and more. How do you all connect with your food pantries? You mentioned 61, I think you said, Martha, sites that you guys connect with. Is there a process through that, or are you all looking to ever expand if if there are pantries that may would like to connect with you guys? Yeah, we are always accepting applications. We add five additional food pantries each year. Um, we add those pantries for three reasons. Number one, if there's not a pantry in the area, there's need. We know there's lots of need throughout our state. 
Number two, donor designation. If a donor says, I'm going to write this check and I want a food pantry here, obviously it's funded, let's roll. And then the third answer is geography. So wherever our truck has room to add a food pantry, we look at the logistics and try to see how we can make our logistics more efficient by adding a pantry along that route. So we are always um, connecting with, and even if we aren't able to add your food pantry this year, then we are able to put them on the list, and when we have free stuff, we're able to share it with them. So we're always networking and trying to support every food pantry throughout the state so in one way or another. How many days are left for food collection for March of the Mayors this year? You've got four more days. Friday is D-Day. It's the day that all your collections of food are due to your mayor's collection point. If you can't make it by to drop off food, you can jump online and make a donation to March of the Mayors. And if you want to be a sponsor, give us a call. We take those as well. But, you know, be sure you mark your calendar to get out and join us from 9 to 1130 at each of the collection spots across the state next week. Volunteering is so fun. Put on your corporate T-shirt, grab your work crew, and come join us. It would definitely be a good thing. And if we want to see if our mayor is participating, is that easy to find too, Martha? It is. It's all over our social pages, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or on our website at extratable.org. All right, Martha, you're always welcome. I appreciate your time. Thanks. Have a great day. There you go. March of the Mayors also means that I guess March, March Madness is right around the corner. Y'all know sporting things are not my my jam, but I did see over at supertalk.fm that Millsap's women's basketball team earned their NCAA tournament bid for the first time since 1996. So congratulations, ladies, on that feat. And if you need to feel old, if you were born in 96, you're turning 28 years old this year. It's always strange you're at that age, Will, where you think you just think the world kind of ended at like 2000 or sort of stayed around there. And when people say things like, oh, that was 20 years ago, you think it's like 1980. Yeah. <laughs> it's really like 2000 or whatever it may be. But congratulations to those ladies. You guys stick with us, though. We got more for you coming up next. Window tint feet. Positive and stories that make you smile. This is Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. Welcome back 
lots of good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We hope you know you can always find us on that local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. You can always find us, too, on Supertalk TV. Don't forget, our Supertalk Mississippi news team is covering your Mississippi stories. So if you want to stay up to date, you can sign up for our free weekly newsletter. You can do that over at supertalk.fm slash newsletter. I forgot to ask you this on Friday, Will, but I guess it happened Thursday. Were you a part of the smartphone meltdown like the cell phone meltdown where your phone didn't work for whatever day or you had to figure out how to put it on wi-fi mode i mean the whole mine the whole didn't i have a different carrier but i know some people that did and yes it was pandelirium so it's um, funny there was two camps so like either you were sitting back and laughing at all of those that were you know losing it because they didn't have access i was one who did not have access like my phone said the little sos or, or you know or whatever good thing is Nothing important happening around me. So, like, it's <laughs> it's really not that big of a deal if I can go a couple hours without having to make a phone call, which I don't make phone calls anyway, as my husband pointed out. You don't you just hook to Wi-Fi and be able to text and you'll be fine. He is correct with that. Um, but it did bring into light, like, how, like, connected we are. They feel like a, like you lost a hand or you lost, like, you know, something that you absolutely needed. What I find more hysterical is those of us who went through that, we got a text message apologizing for our inconvenience and then that we were going to get a, um, I guess, a, how do they put a rebate yeah. for our inconvenience? Do you know how much it is? $5. <laughs> Because Gerard told me the same thing <laughs> earlier today, and I told him, I said, that's that's crap. That's nothing. Say, but, but, so I heard that that is the average cost of a day's, yes. like, and so if you think about it, what, five times 30, like, if you want to think of average days, it's 150. I would say some some cell phone bills are more than that. Some are going to be less than that. And then when you think about, like, I, you know, I have sat with it for a second. At first, it was I laughed. I mean, it was like you. It's almost an insult, right? Like it's almost. I mean, I don't want you five dollars. Like, yeah. I mean, it didn't bother me. I mean, appreciate it, whatever. But it's like you know, and I know, like collectively, that's a lot of money they're having to like you know give back out. But then when you think about it, it's like I pay you five dollars a day for this. Like when you like revert back to it, because it doesn't feel like much. But then when you think about it, like if you took out a five dollar, if you had to take out a five dollar bill every single morning and set it somewhere to have access for your phone, it adds up. Like, yeah, it adds up. I mean, I don't know what your phone bill is. Everybody's, some of you were like, oh, I wish I had $150 a month. Or some of you were like, you know, there's no way I would pay $150 a month for your phone bill. So it just depends on, you know, that's what they said, sort of the, sort of the average. But would that change? Like, could we get a handle on our use of our smartphones if we had to put down a... I think you would. I mean, because But there are some people, Rebecca... Who would say, I don't care if it's $10. I'm paying it because well, I'm, I'm addicted to this. They'll thing. also say that it's um, like they need it for work. And there are some legitimacies like sort of to that. But it's different when you're paying it in a lump sum or it just gets drafted or however you choose to do your bills. It's out of sight, out of mind versus when you stop to think about like every morning if you had to wake up and write out. That's why the, you ever watch daytime TV and they do these these insurance ads for you know, for people, they'll, they'll say, you know, it's only 10 cents a day. Yeah, or like however much a month. And you go, oh, oh that's it. Oh. That's nothing. But then you have like the financial people, the day Ramseys of the world, that's like if you save, I can't remember now off the top of my head what they use, but it's like 
what's $5,000 a year or something crazy, and it's like $5 a day or $10 a day or something like yeah. that. It's like that's how you save that much is by not spending that much. And so it just depends on the way that you that you look at it in terms of like – They would, always use Starbucks they always use as, as an example, yeah. which you wouldn't be able to do. Is there anything you, you can get a what almost two gallons of gas now for five bucks? I mean, there was a time we were pushing to just a you know just a short gallon of gas. And yeah. you remember in your day, you could fill up your car for five dollars. So I mean, you know, there there's that free six piece order of wings today at Buffalo Wild Wings till five p.m. Mark from Gulfport says. Uh-huh. Oh, I don't know the legitimacy of that, so don't tell them I sent you. <laughs> to look on their website or something like that. And some will say that cell phones are a human right, Thomas and Greenwood said. I don't know. <laughs> look, probably, hey, look, it's you, you like what you like, you're used to what you're used to, and once you get comfortable I know some people that it, it, it threw their day into a tizzy. A tizzy. Others, it didn't. Okay, whatever. I just would like to do the experiment. How many of us would stick with it if every you obviously have the money, you're paying it. But if every day you had to put a five dollar bill in like a vending machine to get your cell phone, I think out. more more people would be questioning why we're doing this. I'd cut the cord quick. Er, well, there's no cord to cut. cut. Dang it! <laughs> Go it's back the power cord. To rotary phones. Ignite the landlines. Bring those back. Party lines for everybody. Stick with us. You got more coming up next. You got the boys with sports talk from three to six. Rhino and I'll meet you back here tomorrow at two. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.